Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kim and Beeve. And welcome to The Run Home on SENZ this Friday, the 3rd of February. Great to have you with us. It's Kim Downs in the hot seat today alongside my mate Mitch McLennigan. And a good day, Mitch, to have a uh, former Black Cap on the show with a test squad announcement this morning. What did you make of it? Oh, same old, same old. Favouring the South. <laughs> that sounds like a salty North Islander to me. No, uh, no. We uh, see uh, Glenn Phillips has obviously missed out, which I was a bit disappointed with. Uh, I thought they were showing indications that they were trying to look at playing a bit more of aggressive uh, cricket under under Tim Captain mm. uh, Tim Southey's captaincy. Um, so I think that's a small step backwards. I think that's a bit stiff on his part. And, and the person who's still there is Henry Nichols, um, who had a, has had a horrendous tour um, and a little, or oh, very poor last 12 months as well. So, you know, uh, so I think he can count himself lucky. But um, he's Sodi, geez, he's the real winner. Mm. He's the real winner. Um, goes away and has a has a good tour in Pakistan um, in some very favourable conditions. Um he 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 was patchy. He got better as the Test tour went on. Um, he was obviously um, a very good asset for Tim um, towards the back end of that that tour. Um, but I think about like last year. I'm like Ajaz Patel, first Test back in New Zealand. He gets dropped after taking ten mm. for, and now he's being dropped after uh, having a poor series. But he gets called called in to a New Zealand home series game. So I, I I don't know what's going on because Isha's record in New Zealand's not as good as Ajaz. Ajaz is a very, very good bowler in New Zealand for a finger spinner. Um, so the only reason you'd be picking East Sodi in, in the test squad here in New Zealand is that you are going to play two spinners. Um, so, But they've picked a hell of a lot of fast bowlers in that squad as well. So um, again, um, I can't see any real clarity in the thinking behind the squad being selected. Um, but that's just me. And, and I was surprised to hear Gary Stead. Uh, we put him on Exile Island yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so the comms out there, someone left this. He snuck in a mobile phone. <laughs> it's funny, though, when you were bringing up Ajaz, because I read a piece very similar along the lines of what you're saying, really, about Ajaz Patel today, Dylan Cleaver's piece, arguing that he is uh, you know, potentially one of the uh, most mistreated cricketers when it comes to the black caps that we have seen in a long, long time. Underutilised, I think, is probably uh, a better word for it. In terms of someone who has a specific set of skills that, yes, are not necessarily uh, in alignment with, say, New Zealand conditions a lot of the time, but who has proven themselves time and time again, like you say, both on the domestic front and 
overseas and whether we might regret in time not making the most of him when he's been in his prime. Yeah, look, I think unfortunately for Ajaz, I don't, I don't see in the next 12 months at least mm. him getting another real crack, um, which is sad. Um, I think the New Zealand public deserved to see him play on mm. New Zealand soil and, and that ship obviously sailed last year where he wasn't even in the squad. So it's a bit of a shame. Big win for Ish. Um, mm. Big win for Ish. Um, but for Ajaz, I feel a bit gutted because he's a very, very loyal man. Mm. Very loyal man and, and he would have been doing everything he could to, to be in a position to perform for New Zealand and yeah, I do feel for him. I really do. And uh, when it comes to the seamers, Cole Jameson's coming back in. They're, they're going to put a lot on Cole to, to perform straight up, mm. Kim. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. And, and they haven't picked a whole lot of swing bowlers for for the pink ball test. Um, and, yeah, geez, so I, we've, I think most, most of us have watched the pink ball test before. We know that it swings as soon as the lights come on. And you've really only got Southy. Obviously, Kyle can, can swing the ball around. Um, so maybe he plays the first test and not the second. It is as well, I think, notable when you look at the, those bowlers and you look at this England team they're going to come up against, obviously have, have set the world alight really since Brendan McCullum came on board as coach, the him and Ben Stokes combination, the Bears ball scenarios and how aggressively they go about their cricket. When you look at the bowlers uh, within that test squad, do you see them having the power to take on England's batting might? I think the the conditions will be very favourable for our bowlers. I think we'll we'll play. It'll be very very seamer friendly. I'd say, which again, which to combat the way that they play their mm. cricket, England play their cricket. Um, you know, that's what you'd expect them to put out because as soon as New Zealand's notorious, like if you don't pre- like make those kind of wickets that are green and seam and swing around, that they just become very, very flat, good batting wickets, which plays into to England's style of cricket that they're playing now. So again, comes back to that, the conditions that we're probably going to have to produce, particularly with the atmospheric conditions that we've had of late. Um, I, I, I can't see why they've picked two spinners, but it looks like they're probably going to play them. <laughs> Well, also, I would like to say on the England cricket note, uh, a lovely little jaunt down to Queenstown for a few days, I believe. Chances of any cricket happening during that period? Absolutely bugger all. I mean, Baz was, Baz was on the show with Izzy and that the other day, I, I believe, and he was saying that he was taking him up to Tarahiti. Nathan McCullum was host, hosting him up there and, and they were just doing a, a golf trip yeah, all the no, way no, down no, to no, Queenstown. They're just in the nets. Yeah. Nathan's just having, just rolling the arm yeah, over uh, at them he in the did, nets. He did say, and I'm sure we've got the audio somewhere, that there wasn't going to be enough room on the planes to take the cricket bags down, but the golf <laughs> golf bags were getting priorities. So geez, they'll have me be having a bloody good time. Oh, I have no doubt about that. Now, you did mention uh, and of course we're talking a lot about the, fo- uh, the bowlers Kyle Jameson back in the fold he was on Izzy, Ke- Izzy and Kempe's show earlier today, Kempe asking as well about the state of the coaching group Oh yeah yeah of course, um, you know it's not something probably that I've really thought about because I think that's how much I guess confidence we have in our group and mm. you know as a whole you know, through the playing group and all the support staff so um, yeah I mean whether it's there or not I'm not too sure, I mean we sort of keep a pretty pretty um, sort of tight-knit circle and stuff. So it's, you know, if, if there is that sort of stuff, it's on the outside. So um, no, I certainly have complete faith in our group and what we're trying to do and where we're going moving forward. I mean, every player, I guess, to be fair, will always have complete faith in their group because you can't say anything else. But what do you make of it, Matt? I'm asking you. You're a reporter. You've interviewed a lot of people um, over your time. Um, you're a big cricket fan. When when someone stumbles over their words like that, what do you, what do you take out of it? I am loath 
to overread into situations like that when I haven't been part. Like, to, to be fair, and I promise I'm not just trying to escape, just to get out of giving an opinion on this, uh, but when I haven't been part of the actual conversation myself, I get very mm. weary about context and that sort of thing. Uh, I think the next year is going to be interesting mm. in the sense that I think a lot of people feel like the Black Caps group as a whole has probably, in terms of this generation, peaked. There's been a decline. Like, you know, you can't really argue with the stats and the the wins and losses ratio Mm. from their most recent tour. I think we have a right to probably be concerned about what's coming up, not just in the the test summer and the rest of this summer, but with the T20 World Cup Mm. later in the year, where the answer lies for that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, the interesting thing today was listening to Smitty's show when he um, interviewed Dylan Boucher and then the response from our Texas here on SENZ was about him, like uh, how refreshing it was to hear someone talking open and honestly about, mm. a CEO talk open and honestly about the game and everything that's going on and um, I, I feel like we're not getting that in a couple of our major sports and I don't, I don't know why that is. I think you'd probably get a, a lot more followers or even if even if people don't agree with your opinion, if you can be a little bit more open and honest and not as closed off uh, to the mm. public, I, I think you'd probably come off a little bit better in the media, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a journalist, so open, honest, transparent is everything that I want to see, let's be honest, but it's everything we all want to see and you raise a really good point. Like, I think we've seen prime examples over the years of athletes and teams who respond even to negative stories and to criticism in that fashion come off a lot better. You'd look at Mm. maybe the Black Ferns, for example, during the World Cup last year. I would actually include the Black Caps uh, for for many years in that group myself. have often been lauded, uh, particularly during that kind of time from that 2013 to 2020-ish sort of period for their transparency, for their willingness to always chat. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're part of that, you know that well. So I I think we have seen evidence of it working for teams and for athletes in the past. Mm. It would be lovely to be able to see it again. Would be, yeah, bring it back. But (laughs) it usually comes back when teams start to lose, right? You have to win the public Mm. back. So we might have a a good year with uh, finding out about people a little bit more, see a little bit more personality. But yeah, there's a lot of other news around as well, Kim. Uh, Yes, indeed. Now, Breakers Bandwagon, who's back on it? You're back on it. I'm back on it. Let's be honest. So I had the uh, I had the pleasure actually back in the day of being uh, the basketball reporter for TVNZ, and I got to cover the Breakers in some of their glory days. Now they're looking like they're going to be back in the playoffs. They have secured well, not secured. They have put themselves in contention for a top two spot in the NBL. Top two means they get a home semi-final straight through uh, to the semi-finals without having to play a play-in tournament as well. So that was after they beat Illawarra in a comeback last night. Mm. The big point of concern is that they are still having first halves like they did last night, which was absolutely dire. It did mean, though, that they got to come back. Here's Modi Maor and Tom Abercrombie's reaction to that second-half comeback. An abysmal first half from us in every aspect. Down 16 at halftime. Yeah, very concerned. I think I heard a clipboard break in the other room, but he was calm once he came in. Yep. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. And Illawarra played well. Competed, made shots, played with confidence and swagger. Why? I need to go find out so it doesn't happen again. 
but the response in the second half was great. Both from an effort and from a focus standpoint. Showed a lot of character. With what this game means to us and how important it is to come into the second half and play steady, strong, consistent, keep them to nine points in the third quarter, it's good. We'd spoken about coming into this game, you know, they, they, they press a lot and we wanted to be aggressive against that and there's a, there's a little bit of a tendency, I guess, later in games to, to back off when you're playing against a press and I wanted to you know, make sure they kept attacking and um, was able to get a couple of layups and keep putting pressure on the rim, which I thought was you know, important for us in that situation. So when the game got away from us a little bit, we were down eight, seven, we went away from the way we do things. We started gambling, scrambling, leaving players, taking risks, not playing strong and silent. We also tried to play very one action oriented offense. We really went away from our characteristics and this snowballed into a 16 point deficit. So my focus or my request from the guys was to just lock in to how we play. There's no 16 point baskets. There are no 16 point stops. It's just about executing. One play after the other, after the other, the right way. If we play the right way and we lose, we all feel okay with it. Usually this team, when we play the right way, we win. I love that for a quote. There are no there are no sixteen point stops. <laughs> I mean, never a truer word spoken really. So fingers crossed they can make it into that top two. Now I think if my calculations are correct, they need Cairns to either lose tonight or if they beat Brisbane yep. tomorrow night. Then yep. they secure second spot yep. if, on the ladder. If, if Cairns lose tonight, then they're, they've secured it. Home Happy days. Um, but otherwise, they just have to beat Brisbane, who are sitting down in ninth at the moment. But that, that third quarter um, last night was exceptional 29 points to nine. Yeah. Um, so we've got Casey Franks on later. So we'll, he'll break that down for us as well. And I've just loved uh, a little bit of the NFL as well. It's been bloody awesome. And, and Derek Carr turned up at the Pro Bowl as well as in the ac- accuracy uh, uh, segment of it for the All Stars. And he ended up uh, winning it for the AFC. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. Uh, it's probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> nice. Oh nice. Bro. That's bloody brilliant, Kim. That's absolutely brilliant. Good, good banter. And a, and a pretty terrible situation for Derek Carr as well. Obviously, he's still in Vegas. He still doesn't know where he's going. There are some rumours that he is going to end up at the New York Jets next year, and that should get confirmed in the next couple of days. But one of our correspondents here at um, SENZ, Morgan Freeman, had uh, a thought on the My referees. Yeah, the referees <laughs> during the, the, the loss to the Kansas Chiefs. I wish I could say that the Bengals won that game. And those refs let them be. I wish I could say that, but the NFL is no fairy tale world. There was a Shawshank review of of the NFL, the I, Bengals here. That they just got pumped by I, the refs. They actually did. They got. It's like honestly, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were like the Boston Celtics are in the NBA. They're just getting every call going their way. So yep, I'm, I'm, I feel a bit sad for Joe Bar- Burrows. That sounded. Uh, who's your NBA team? because that sounded a little bit salty there as well, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I'm the Bulls, so the we haven't been good for ages. The Celtics are also a very good team, <laughs> yeah, just by are. the by, yeah, just yeah, by they, the by. Hey, you just pay off the refs, so it's not, it's not <laughs> abnormal in sport. And, and Peyton Manning, um, you know, he did a really nice thing for Tom Brady last year, and then he came out of retirement.
you know, he retires the first time I asked for his address. I'm like, I'm not going to just text you. Congrats on this incredible career. I write him this, you know, eloquent handwritten letter, cursive, mail it, bottle of wine, right? Mail it. Congratulations. When you come back and play, I should get the letter back and the wine back. No, no, Tom's just keeping it, right? I mean, supposedly he reads the letter often just to see the nice things that I said about. I'm like, if hey, if he expects another letter, he's mistaken. <laughs> he's bloody classic. He's a beauty. He's an absolute cracker, Painting Manning. He's he's great, great viewing, actually. But yeah, I I agree with him. I think he should get the wine plus something back. Absolutely. And what I do respect though is at least Tom Brady had the decency and the self awareness the second time around to go, look, you actually only get one super emotional farewell mm. and one big storybook ending and I've had mine and so this time I'm just going to sit on a beach and kind of yeah. chuck my phone up, say goodbye and that's that. Look kind of lonely. I, I hope it's been worth it for him. Don't think so. Yeah, I, there was another really good article that I was reading earlier in the week actually was was very much about that and what he's, I guess you, I mean, I guess you say sacrificed Presumably for him, it was it was always worth it in order to to fuel that competitive fire that he has to keep playing in the NFL. But it's it's hard to think mm. that you know trudging through what was it like a nine and eight season in your last yeah. year w- was worth what he potentially lost over that. Oh yeah, it sounds like he's lost his family, but he could become the new Leonardo DiCaprio. You never know. How so? Only date people who are under 25. <laughs> I knew I was, <laughs> he could, he could I be that. He could be that guy. asking that. Yeah, and they we, can turn up to events together with their uh, with the young dates. 100%. Yeah. And, and obviously last night we had uh, Sean Abbott on the show yesterday, um, and I think we put the jinx on him. Um, and we're, we're looking to send the SCG off, off in the way we want to tonight, mm. um, being the last game of the season. Well, you've convinced me I'm all in on the Sydney Sixers tonight. You, Mitch, you going Brisbane? <laughs> oh, no, no, I won't go Brisbane. I'll go with you, Seba. Good. We've got it. Good Sixers one. all the way, mate. A few minutes later. It's four required now. Nisa does it in one blow. The Brisbane Heat in one of the great upsets. Knock over the Sixers on their home deck and make their way through to just a second big bash decider on the back of Michael Nisa. 48 from 32. He's the hero tonight for the Heat. Mitch, your response. Yeah, look, Seba sold me the dream. Um, <laughs> yep, it was it was one of those games, wasn't it? It was a low-scoring one, and geez, Michael Nessa, like with ball and bat, he's been outstanding. So I'm really, really looking forward to to the final this week or on Saturday night um, in Perth, mm-hmm. which will be an absolute belter. We've got Jason Berendorf on as well from the Perth Scorchers, so hopefully we don't put the mockers on him as well. So we're not going to mention that, okay? We're not going <laughs> to no, mention we that when we are. speak. No, in absolutely fact, I don't. I think we need to probably replay that audio to him at least he will be able to know that you're so easily swayed when it comes to your picks but I'm just not sure because we do have Mitch's millions today as well and I'm just not sure if the punters are going to be able to trust mm. any picks that you make no, that's fair. about the BBL that's fair we might based take on all punters picks <laughs> but they don't all get the 50 bucks for Mitch's okay. millions. Oh, you are on the run home today with Kim and Mitch on SENZ. Thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move.